Welcome everyone to another episode of the Noisecast. Uh, thanks again to everyone who's been checking us out um, so far. We're on episode 12 since Paul and I uh, revamped this. And back in his uh, co-host chair we have... Paul, I'm here again. I'm happy to join you. I'm really excited for what we have to discuss tonight. I'm super excited to discuss it with you, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, um, I can't say that I teased it much because I flat out said we we're going to be talking about it this week. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's stop beating around the bush here. We're here to talk about Endgame. Well, I mean, everybody's talking about Endgame at this point. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I think, you know, it's uh, it, it's officially safe to say that if you haven't seen it by now, um, you know, skip this episode. Come back to it later. Fair? That, that's, that's completely fair. And just truthfully, as a movie fan, as someone that loves talking about movies, I hate dancing around spoilers. I do. I hate doing that stupid little dance of wondering what to say and what not to say. So I was just like, I want to give that warning to any listeners who may not have seen it. Stop listening. Stop listening right this second. Because you yeah, have been... because yeah, from here on out, it's going to be spoilers. It's going to be lots of um, hot takes. And yeah, if you don't want to know who did what, where and why. Um, yeah. Time, time to switch to the next episode. Um, so without further ado, Paul. 11 years, 11 years in the making. Um, how many movies? It was 22 movies, 22 movies, 11 years. Um, we've come a long way since the first Avengers movie. And let me, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. We've came such a long way. (laughs) What I remember, I've rewatched the first Iron Man recently. And what struck out to me the most is that we're kind of trying to shy away from the traditional superhero story they were trying to keep it more grounded not the whole suspend superheroes and spandex full-on thing by the time Mm -hmm. we got to endgame they no longer gave any any shits about that they dialed the superhero up to 11 it was as comic booky as um, possible and i was loving every single second of it Oh yeah, I think that's really um what was one of the biggest strengths um that Marvel Studios had, which was at at one point I, and I'm trying to remember the exact moment. I'm going to say it was probably Captain America where they just fully embraced the fact that they're making movies about comic books and they, you know, did I, I wouldn't say it's an about face, but they, you know, just went um, they just dove right into it. They said, okay, we are a world where there's a guy in the American flag as a suit, you know, punching Nazis in the face, and they ran with it. Yeah. Um, and and let me just be honest, like, I did not think Captain America was going to be um, easily one of my favorite of well not the first captain america movie per se but like that character that they they created um was easily one of my favorites in um the marvel cinematic universe chris evans has always been my favorite i actually didn't know a lot about captain america prior to his introduction into the mcu and the mcu as a whole but it's it's turned me into a captain america fan I'm going to discuss Endgame a second, but there's the shot at the end of Endgame when 
uh, Cap has just got his ass handed to him by Thanos, and Thanos has broke his shield, and he stands up, and you see him versus Thanos' army right before all the portals start opening. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. scene perfectly encapsulated everything I loved about the character of Iron Man and Chris Evans' portrayal of him. He feels Captain like, America. Oh, Cap- yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. <coughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny because um, you know there was there was the the little joke and the nod about um, you know I can do this all day, and it's been kind of like a recurring um, line in all the Captain America um, movies, and to see him just do it, you know, like there was no there wasn't there wasn't a quip, there wasn't like a one liner. He just got up and like it, it, it man, that was that that was a scene, man. Like just to see him just like slowly just kind of get up and square up up on on Thanos was that that was just amazing. And you um, talk and you talking about when they switched and kind of embraced it. I'm actually thinking it was a little bit later, just because you had. I didn't really accept that until Guardians of the Galaxy, because I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy was first announced. I, even I, as a superhero fan, I was thinking, "What the <laughs> hell is this?" Oh, I thought it was gonna flop. I honestly, I said, there's no way you can make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie Um, in large part because so the Guardians comic book was kind of like a C-lister. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything that like you had to really know comics in order to like get Guardians of the Galaxy, especially with uh, Groot and um, Rocket. You know, it was just like, how do you pull this off? And man, was I pleasantly surprised. And I think one of the biggest strengths that the Marvel Cinematic Universe had um, in leading up to Endgame was that it gave each of these kind of franchises a chance to kind of breathe. Um, It didn't try to pigeonhole them into... um, it's all one universe, but it it understood that they were individuals within this universe. Is that I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Actually, it makes perfect sense, and I can think of a comparison that perfectly illustrates that. Like thinking about Captain America: The Winter Soldier, that movie, and compare that movie to Guardians of the Galaxy. These movies are set within the same universe, but have the same underlying theme and the same kind of go in the same direction. But they're two completely different movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, where, where on um, the only place I think they, they kind of got a little bit too close was kind of um, Doctor Strange and Iron Man because it just, I don't know, um, one of the biggest critiques I still have with the Doctor Strange movie is it's like I was watching Iron Man again, except I didn't care enough. Um, yeah, and that's, that's just kind of bias. Um, I, I really gravitate more towards uh, the Iron Man, Tony Stark character than I ever did with um, Doctor Strange and, and that character. Um, but again, you know, it was, it was a chance to let these characters breathe. They got to kind of grow on their own. Um, and when they brought it all together, it was like, it, it's... Oh man, it's like a symphony. That's like the best thing I can, I, I, best way I can describe it. Like it's a symphony. It's all these individual parts that are good on their own, but when you put them together, 
you have this amazing, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderfully rich world. I can't even talk about it, man. Like that's how excited I'm getting about it. I'm getting like so amped about this. So, okay, end game. Let, let's let, let's start with the first act. Um, I feel um, in terms of pacing, I think this was a big departure from Infinity War. And I think when I when you hear people say, "Oh, well, you know." Um, it doesn't really live up to Infinity War. I think what people don't realize is that um, Infinity War was kind of like it was an assault on your emotions. Um, I, and I don't know if it was different for you, Paul, but for me, I was not um, all throughout Infinity War, which was about, what, two and a half hours, give or take? Give or take, yeah. Um, you know, in two and a half hours, I think there was maybe 15 minutes where you kind of felt like you had a breather. Um, there was always something kind of happening in uh, Infinity War versus um, Endgame where it was it was much more subdued. It was more um, character driven, in my opinion. Um, what do you think? Well, the first hour of Infinity War, not the first hour, about the first 30 to 45 minutes of Infinity War is positively somber. Because when it, or I meant in game, the first uh, thirty or forty five minutes of in game are kind of somber because you initially have that assault on uh, Thanos's compound or Thanos's farm, I should say, like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes into the film, and it's revealed that well they they're kind of screwed at this point. Right, right. And yeah, the, I think. The, um, and the film just, just him lets look- the film just lets that hang there for a minute. It's a it's a still a few minutes before Ant Man is. Rescued by that rat. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's like what I have to say. That's one of the, like the ultimate MacGuffins in, in, uh, um, I, I think in, in recent movie history, it's just like for no reason at all, here comes a rat that just happens to walk across, uh, uh I guess what's that? Like a, some sort of particle control, collider or whatever. Like a control panel for the particle collider, even. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just like, it, it, it was, you know, it, it's it's movie magic at its best, right? For no reason at all, here's the, the perfect time. Um, and what do you think about the introduction of of um, time travel? So, like, that that was a big part of, um, I'm sorry, um, that was a big part of the movie and, and kind of getting us, um, you know, wrapping everything else up. Um, I know a lot of people have... You know, again, one of the biggest complaints is that oh, well, if time travels is now being um, injected into the Marvel universe, then that means that they can you know easily just like retcon anything that you know doesn't necessarily work well. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think um, they handled uh, the idea of time travel very well, um, and I think you saw it primarily. Uh, when Thor returned to Asgard and he sees his mom and has the conversation with her. Um, you know, they could have very easily broken the rules right then and there, warned her about what was about to happen. And, you know, if they really wanted to say, okay, there are no consequences to, to time travel, they could have easily done that. And, you know, life would have went on for Thor. Well, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with time travel and movies. Time travel is one of those things where you can always start pulling threads and probably end up even ruining movies for yourselves. 
a lot of times because mm-hmm. it, it creates so many things to think about with time travel. But in this movie, I actually thought it was handled quite well with the way they said that kind of what happens in the past doesn't really affect the, the, the future, present, the other future <laughs> too much. And it creates the, the <coughs> it creates the alternate timelines. So right, I think right. I think they handled it about as well as they could. Had they went full back to the future with it, I would have had a lot more problems. But the way well, they handled it. Yeah, you know, speaking about the Back to the Future, I think that was one of my favorite um, lines in the movie. Is like, your plan is Back to the Future. Yeah, it's like Back to the Future is bullshit. Which, yeah. Which was great. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but but like that that just jumped out, and I was like, have to make sure to 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 touch on that one very quickly. And I definitely think that opens up a lot more possibilities with alternate timelines and alternate realities and. Things like that, because even looking forward, I can see potential ways they could uh, add the Fantastic Four using that mechanism, or add the X Men using kind of the alternate realities mechanism. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of excited for the idea of it going forward, since they've opened this can of worms now. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it also gives it, it helps kind of bridge the gap um, with you know the properties that were done under Fox. Um, because they they are stylistically and and uh, from a content perspective very different from anything that was part of this um, I guess um, first MCU arc right like I, I can't think of a, a better because it's not the phases because we already know you know what they coined as the, the the different phases so it's just kind of the first MCU arc which involves um, Iron Man Captain America. And Thor as kind of your your leading uh, Avengers. I think the um, official and, phrase they coined for it was the Infinity Saga. I think okay, that's what they that's the phrase they coined for movies one through twenty two. <laughs> one through twenty two, and I like how we just kind of like say that like very nonchalantly and think that this is you know perfectly fine or normal. I just want to you know just kind of pause and just remind everyone that this was. Tw- 22 movies over 11 years. I'm I'm saying that, but I'm even a part of me is still freaking out. A part of me, I was freaking out this whole year since Infinity War. Because think about it, you have 11 years and a tw- there was 21 movies prior to this. Mm-hmm. The amount of hype surrounding it, it is just mind-blowing. And the fact that they went above and beyond on the hype. I don't know a single person that's disappointed by what these films have done. And the fact that, that you can safely say that after 11 years in 22 movies is staggering. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always, you know, think back and I say, well, was there ever a time where I went to one of these movies and did not enjoy myself? And the truth is, I know, you know, we like to shit on, um, you know, the the second Thor movie, but it wasn't that bad. Even watching it in the theaters, I remember watching it in theaters. I was like, that was okay. I never, I never thought it was a bad movie. I still don't think it's a bad movie. Maybe lower level of quality than some of the other ones, but I've watched it again. I don't hate it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, like I, I, I can't argue with you on there. You know what? I'm gonna say something that's a bit controversial. And I really don't care, but my favorite Iron Man movie is Iron Man 3. There you have it. 
I know. <laughs> that, that's fine. That 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 is fine as long as you don't say Iron Man two. I'm good. <laughs> you weren't a fan of uh, Iron Man two. I I really wasn't. It it tried it tried to do way too. It had too many moving pieces. It, it Iron Man two didn't work for me. It's I, Iron Man two was on the bottom of my bottom of my list. But even then, I saw it in theaters and I still don't recall hating it. That's what I'm saying. Like I think I like I said. I think with the exception of Captain Marvel and Captain America, I, I didn't catch either of these in the theater. The, and, the only one I didn't catch in theater, and I'm ashamed of myself, is the original Iron Man because I was like, "There's no way this is successful." You know, I had to see it. It was one of those things where it's just like I. So, um, growing up, I used to be big into comics like i i was i was buying like even trash comics you know just any like stuff off the the dollar bins um you know just to kind of just have something to read and i remember um those early runs well i guess it wouldn't be early runs of of iron man but for me it was roughly like the early 90s run of of iron man um and just kind of seeing a superhero deal with alcoholism was kind of like oh shit like and it always kind of stuck with me, and I'm, I'm I'm like okay, this is something that I can really really like follow and and keep up with. So when I saw that they were going to do an Iron Man movie, I was just like, how do they do an Iron Man movie and not touch on the fact that this man it has some major character flaws? And they went right into it, man. They they were just like, look, you know, Tony Stark ain't shit. And then he um, has something that changes his outlook on life. And then he becomes uh, a hero, but, you know, he still has some ancient qualities. And I'm like, okay, I, I can I, I can dig this. That's so what, that's, why I think yeah, the, that's why I think the end he received in Endgame was so perfect. You truly saw the arc of man from alcoholic warlord, basically, to man willing to do do what it takes to save the entire the ultimate sacrifice right yeah the ultimate sacrifice yeah and you know what's um what i loved about it like you know on on the one hand like yeah it was it was a little bit telegraphed but at the same time you know it was still it's like everyone was expecting captain america to be the one to you know to make that that final final sacrifice and when it, you know, when you don't see that that it's Captain America, you see it's um, it's Iron Man. It's I, I think everyone like I know when I was a, at the theater, everyone kind of like kind of had a a short gasp. It was just like, you know, just that that moment of tension and silence that just kind of um, took over the theater. It's just like I, I can't. I gotta say, I can't remember being at another movie event and you know having that kind of dynamic with with the crowd you know everyone was super invested in it and it just man it it, it was an experience i gotta say like i i'm glad i i caught it opening weekend i am as well but i actually i got super lucky on the tickets the day the amc the tickets went live the amc site was sucking balls hard it was yeah 
But thankfully, one of my friends got some extra tickets for the AMC fan event. Oh, wow. So nice. I, so we actually got to see it at 5 p.m. opening day, and everybody in there was a super fan. That is probably the best movie experience of my entire life. The uh, the crowd energy, it was comparable to a sporting event or a concert. People were cheering, people were laughing, clapping, having a good time. And I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Did you did you cry? Yeah, yeah. I ugly cried. Um um and, and so here here's here's the thing. So you know, seeing Captain you know, Captain America go back in time and you know, finally, um, uh, finally, you know, be there with, uh, with with Peggy, have his dance. That was cool. That didn't do it for me. But when you see, I guess, um, uh, when you see Tony reading his last will and testament, and he looks at his daughter and says, "I love you three thousand. Like I lost it. No, actually, no, that's a lie. I lost it when Happy was talking about the cheeseburgers. I lost it multiple times. I it wasn't this manly tear, you know, the manly single tear thing. I was straight up like bawling in the in the theater. Like when, Nah man, I ugly cried. You know that that like kinda hiccup kinda <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, Yeah, it there, me, there was no shame. <laughs> when when Captain America stands up and faces the army all alone, I, I teared up there and then when uh the snap and I am Iron Man, I cried there. I cried at the cheeseburgers line. I, I cried at a lot of them. Like yeah, just- I, I I got I, you know just remember when when all the all the portals opened up um to to um behind Captain America. Like I kind of lost it there too. I just like kind of let out like a like a little squeal or something. <laughs> and I know I did because like my wife turned around and she just kind of looked at me like I was like yeah yeah that was me. That's 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 gonna be one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite movie moments of my entire life, and I don't know how that will be topped. You know what? I um, it's hard to to top all of this. So like, so kind of. I, I know we're going all over the place here, but I, I want to go back to kind of, um, you know. So we kind of talked about how the first act was kind of all. It, it was it was building, like you know, it, it built this tension. Um, you know, there, there were like these, even though it it was very somber in tone, it was probably, I would say it's probably easily the darkest of all the 22 films. Um, and even then, one of the things that I really enjoyed was just, there was a lot of great comedic pacing throughout the film. Um, it never stopped being a, a Marvel movie. And by that, I mean a movie that had its serious moments, but still didn't take itself too seriously. And I think that's really what, what ultimately made all of this happen. You know, like that's what made all of this work. Well, I think it worked too, because even in, even in real life, sometimes when bad shit just keeps happening, you can't help but crack jokes at how far past the point of breaking you are. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, um, you know, I, I think, uh, Mark Ruffalo and and you know his Hulk was super vital to to offering that kind of like it was like a, a pressure valve right like whenever he got on screen 
it, it's, it's it was just like it was lighthearted enough, um, but still um, very serious. And so, like you know, it's just like when you think you're you're about to pop, it's just like oh no no here comes you know um, the whole kind of doing a little bit of what Thor was doing in um, in, in some of the earlier Avengers movies where he was kind of he was kind of like a, um, I wouldn't say he he's you know like he he he's the comedic uh, comedy relief bit but. You know, he was kind of um, almost portrayed as like dumb blonde of the group. Yeah. <coughs> Though the movies have made me realize Chris Hemsworth is an incredibly talented comedic actor. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Like, like seriously, if, if like, he only does comedies, I think I'm there for it. I, I would watch every single one of them. He has some impeccable comic diamond. He, seriously, it's just like, it's hilarious. And... Can I just say that, you know, seeing Chris Hemsworth with a big beer gut made me feel a whole lot better about my life. The man deserves to be, um, he should be up for sainthood. Okay, I'm actually, actually, that's actually one of those scenes I'm still parsing how I feel about, though. (laughs) I'm going to say this. Okay. Like, it was was humorous seeing him with the beer gut. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I wasn't a fan of how it was completely played for straight up comedy at points because he's, okay. Thor is still a man. He's he's dealing with straight up PTSD and mm-hmm. serious depression, and he's spiraling because of that. And the movie, oh, yeah. the movie kind of kicks him while he's down at a certain point. And I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But later in the movie, when he after he talks to his mom, and he gets the hammer, and he realizes that he's still worthy. At that point, from then on, I'm 100 percent okay with it. Yeah, no, so, um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that, and I definitely saw like there were a lot of parallels. Um, and it, and if you think about it, Endgame could have very easily been called, you know, um, Avengers P- deal with PTSD because every single one of those characters was was dealing with um, the direct aftermath of not just. Um, failing their mission, but like I think um, they all took the the loss very personally. It was something that they saw as a reflection of themselves, and not so much you know, hey, here was this big bad with um, you know, with these mystical gems that was able to literally change the world with a snap. Um, I, I think there there was a, a lot of that, and just kind of seeing how each of the characters kind of dealt with that, um, you know. It's yeah. It's hard to to say when you when you put it like that. It's really hard to um, to step away from from feeling like they were really really like pushing the line as to uh, what's within good taste and what's just kind of like trashing on a dude who's um, mentally going through it. So you know, so that that kind of brings me to another thing that I thought just like was super cheesy, you know, just not very well executed. Um, Going back to, to the final scene, the final, um, the final fight. um, Do you recall like the, the scene where, where Spider-Man hands off the, uh, the gauntlet to uh, Captain Marvel? I do. I I know where you're going with this and I'm actually on the complete opposite side, but I'm going to let you finish. That was cringeworthy, man. I'm sorry. Like the whole, 
you know, like, oh, how are you gonna do, how are you gonna get there? And then like, um, all every female character stands behind her saying, oh, she has help. It's just like, um, yeah, but just two seconds ago, she obliterated um, Thanos' ship. That uh, that's fair. That 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 part is fair. The fact that Captain Marvel didn't really need help, that complaint is fair. But she's Superman. I, I, like Captain Marvel is literally Superman of the Marvel universe. I still I don't care. I still really enjoyed that scene. I did. Like it 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 made me happy. I don't I don't know necessarily how to articulate why because it it was ridiculously on the nose. It was it was fan service. It was one hundred percent fan service. Uh, we're, we're, talk, was, we're still talking about a superhero movie. A lot of these moments were fan service. The fact that Captain America lifts Mjolnir, that was fan yeah. service. But we're all okay with that one. Now, actually, you know, with that one, I, 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 the only reason why I was okay with that is because it brought back. Um, yeah, that was Iron Man two, right? It was Avengers: Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yep. Sorry. You know, that's a problem. Like, my memory sucks for these things, and I have to, like, now recall them. Next time, I'm going to write these things down. Well, well they do yes. run together because Iron Man is the central focus of Age of Ultron, so I can kind of see how it looks like Iron Man 2.5. Yeah, yeah. And the same way that, you know, um, you know, people critique Civil War for being uh, a, a, a half of an Avengers movie. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but, yeah, like... A, at the same time, it was just like, you know, they kind of hinted at that. And, and like, I, I saw that coming. I, I didn't think it was going to really do anything, though. Because, you know, uh, we saw where, where uh, Mjolnir was not going to cut it for taking out um, Thanos in, in Infinity War. I really didn't feel that it would have made an impact um, this go-round. It didn't, and I do like how on rewatching Endgame, I actually watched it for the second time last night. It made mm-hmm. it clear just how hopeless things were in Infinity War. Like, even, oh yeah, even without the gauntlet, Thanos is wiping the floor. Yeah, like I, I, I people don't realize. Like, I don't know if people realize it or not, but Thanos did not have an Infinity Stone when he beat the shit out of the Hulk. Well, he had he had the power stone at that point, but he didn't use it. He was just he was just toying with the Hulk and having fun, and just spanked him, spanked his ass. It was bad. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I I feel, you know, while yes, it is fan servicey, I think there were you know, like you said, there were multiple um scenes throughout the movie where you could say, okay. You know, this is fan service. This is all about, you know, getting a rise from uh, a Captain America fan. Um, like, even, you know, even Falcon fans had, had their moment. Um, you know, they're all two of them. <laughs> but um, Actually, I think Anthony... I'm hoping to see more of Falcon. Anthony Mackie has kind of been wasted as Falcon. He hasn't had a lot of, a lot of screen time. He hasn't had an arc of his own. Even with Bucky, you had the, the Winter Soldier arc, mm-hmm, right, which is... Mm-hmm demonstrably Bucky, but Falcon really hasn't had his own thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, you could say the same thing for, um, Scarlet, which, you know, uh, vision is gone. I, I would have loved to have seen, um, you know, a, a, like, I don't know if I, I wouldn't say a vision movie. 
Um, because I'm thinking be that, about it, there's going to be that WandaVision TV show on Disney Plus. Oh, you know, there you go, there you go. May may have to check that out. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, like you know, the 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 biggest problem with um kind of like the the cast of characters that that you're working with, um, is that like I mean, Hawkeye is badass in the comic books, but it never really quite comes across. Um in any of the movies. Um, I actually think Hawkeye worked quite well in Endgame, though. I loved the fact that the movie opened with Hawkeye because in Infinity War, we got to see the big battles. We got to see the Avengers taking on Thanos and losing, but we didn't see the mm-hmm. human side of it as much. Whereas True. Hawkeye True. is on house arrest after the events of Civil War, and he's with his family, and then all of a sudden, he's not with his family. Yeah, yeah. I think um I think that definitely kind of set up um the the human toll of what happened, um much in the way where um after the first Avengers movie, you know, there there were lots of hints of as to the event um talking about the um uh the alien invasion at the end of the first Avengers movie uh, and it kind of echoed throughout um the movies after. So it kind of, you know, it kind of was able to Again, it's about making the universe all fit, um, you know, and fit consistently. So, you know, I think these are like the little nods that work very well. Um, you know, and speaking of like little nods that that make everything fit very well. Um, do you recall when uh, when when Tony Stark explains to Ant Man? Um, why shield oh, why shield why they would have given up the tesseract to um to hydra and it was just like oh no no it, we gave, technically gave it to shield but turns out they were hydra yeah I was like what like you know and the the cool thing about all of that is that it it took a super super complex and maybe even a little convoluted storyline and then neatly wrapped it up in something that in, into a what what amounts to a throwaway line you know, if you were there since day one, you hear that, you instantly know what they're talking about. I was like, oh, this is the Winter Soldier story. And then it's just like, um, but if you've never seen any of these movies and you just kind of got dragged to see this, it's like you instantly understood, oh, they the good guys weren't the good guys and they didn't know. So now this is how they ended up with this thing. Okay, got it. But even then, just going on a tangent for a second that's the most remarkable thing about how much money this movie's making over $2.2 <laughs> billion already. Cause this is so much, this is so clearly a movie meant for fans. Oh, for sure. Had, had this been someone's introduction into the Marvel cinematic universe, they would be more than lost. They would be, they would, they would walk yeah. out cause they wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think, but you know what? Even with that, it goes to show you that um, beyond the time invested, um, at the end of the day, they told really great stories and they were all a part of something bigger. You know, each of these stories just made the next story that much more, um, I guess, exciting um, in the sense that you, you couldn't wait to see what the next thing was. Um, I, I think, I, I think I, I'm, I'm marveled out for a little bit. Um, I'm still like, you know, having, I'm still kind of going through the emotions of, of, 
of all of it. Um, I'm very hopeful to see what comes next. Um, I'd love to see what they do um, uh, with Captain Marvel, what they do with uh, what look like the new Avengers. Um, you know, just... I don't even know who the new Avengers are at this point. Oh, you know, that that's the other thing. Like, it looks like the setup is going to be uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Spider-Man, um, Falcon slash uh, Captain America. Um, I don't know if, if we'll continue to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. It would be cool. I mean, you know, that's the thing with the Avengers. The Avengers were always like a fluid, um, you know, group of superheroes. Like it never was just, you know, it's not like the X-Men where, you know, you have like your, your, your core, um, uh, team members, um, and I think that's kind of why why it works so well because you could literally introduce new characters and make them Avengers. I think it will be a while before we get a full on Avengers movie again, like probably quite a while. But I'm very I'm very excited to see where it goes, and I can attest that my butt will be in the seat for anything else they produce anytime soon. Uh, for sure, got Spider Man Far From Home coming out, which looks interesting. I'll be there, uh, you know, and, and again, it's, it's dealing with the immediate aftermath of, um, of Endgame. So yeah, that's, listen, I, I totally get it. Like, did you catch the trailer by any chance? I did. I caught the new trailer. Have you caught the new trailer that was released yesterday? Yes. Okay, cool. Just making sure. I do like yeah, that yeah. the film made it up front that they're also going to be dealing with the world is ruined from Iron Man's death and Peter, Peter Parker personally is. So that would yeah, because I was curious. yeah, and, and and I'm sorry. Um, just kind of see you know on on that note, it's just like seeing because he, he's a teenager. You know, like Peter Parker is a teenager at this point who saw his mentor slash father figure killed. Well, you know, or kill himself to save the world, and it's just like now he's being tasked with being a superhero, and it's just like you know, um, I think. Most of us would have hung it up long before uh, we were we were met with, you know, uh, going back to work, I guess. You know, most of us would have hung it up and said, nah, this isn't for me. Um, but he, you still see him kind of do that struggle. And I guess, like, that's ultimately what makes someone, um, you know, I guess a hero, right? Like, that's that's the whole, that's the thing that makes him Spider-Man. Well, that's the thing that makes any of the heroes the heroes. As uh, Captain, as Chris, Captain America always says, when he gets knocked down, he's like, he gets back up, and I could do this all day. That's yeah, that's pretty much. Really, what makes them the hero? It's not the fact that he's <coughs> gifted athletically, anything like that. It's his mindset. Because it's the the same with Iron Man. That was my favorite thing about watching the Iron Man progression, is that he mm-hmm. le- he you could see he learned from all his failures. If you look at his progression of his suits, he keeps adding things from the that he's learned from the previous iterations of his suits, like the fact that the Iron Spider now has a power shoot or parachute after he mm-hmm. watched his war machine plummet to the ground. He found right. a way to harness Thor's lightning in this suit. He, right, right. So that's what I've loved about each of the heroes is seeing their progression, how they learned from their mistakes and kept going. Yeah, I think, you know, if anything, um, that's, I think, the crux of... Um, the the MCU it's it's been this constant you know you keep going kind of um story right um 
you're, you're faced with, you know, Thanos is that immovable object and you have to still push through, you know? So I, I just love the fact that after, you know, after, after a decade, we, we got to this point and I, I'm, I'm ready for more, man. I am too. And can I talk about that goal power team up scene a second again? Yeah, go for it. You know, one of the things, one of your complaints about that was legitimate. <coughs> the fact that Captain Marvel is so powerful, those other women were unnecessary. You know what I think could have made that scene better? What's that? What's was that? have that person that Peter Parker hands the uh, gauntlet off to be Nebula. Oh, for sure. Nebula was, Karen Gillian as Nebula in this movie was fantastic. And that would have been mm-hmm. such a nice finish to her arc with seeing Definitely. her help defeat Thanos so clearly by keeping him from his gauntlet. And she would mm-hmm. have needed the help. So it would have been great mm-hmm. to see the, the Avengers stand behind her because she was mm-hmm. previously on the wrong side of it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. See, that that to me would have justified that scene. You know, like I said, it, it was it was a bit much. It was a bit on the nose. And then you're handing it off to the only, you know, the only character there that could stand up to Thanos. So uh, to me, it was more of a wasted scene than anything else. I did love the fact that the the battle ended with the line, I am Iron Man, because that was <laughs> the end, the end of the line in the first movie. It was like the movie or the the saga began and ended with that line that with this person with this man yeah definitely um i'm you know so here's here's what what's interesting um i noticed that even even when we've been talking about um endgame and and how how it all wraps everything up so nicely have you noticed that many people don't talk about um, the Ed Norton Hulk movie much, even though that's where they first um, kind of tipped a hat and let us know that that this was coming, even though we had no idea that this was possible. Because the, the, Nor- the Ed Norton movie is just... It feels like its own distinct thing we watching it. It doesn't feel as interconnected as the rest of them. First time I mean, for- it makes... You I'm see, sorry. First off, because you see Ed Norton in the role, and then mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I rewatched it recently out of curiosity, and it 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 felt like its own thing. It didn't feel as much as an MCU film as the rest of them. I mean, you know, I'll, I I'll have to double check. I don't believe it was um, a straight MCU film. I think it was kind of it was some. It's Paramount because I think Paramount owns the rights to you know uh, the Hulk, and that's the reason there's never been another Hulk movie. But they can mm-hmm. use him in team ups. It's a it's a weird licensing thing. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, even with that, like, uh, so again, this is probably like not a, a very well received um, opinion, but I actually like Ed Norton's Hulk. Um, I don't think it. I, I, I totally get why other Hulk movies weren't made beyond um, the licensing um, issues. You know, totally get it. Everyone says Ed Norton is a nightmare to work with. Fine. Uh, you know, I'll accept that at face value. 
Um, but he did a damn good job. And, you know, the reason why it wasn't so it wasn't inter- interconnected, I think, has a lot to do with the fact that it was, you know, like I think that was like the, the proving ground. It's just like, can we do the Can we make this a good movie, especially coming off of, um, you know, the previous Hulk movie, which was visually interesting, but kind of a shit show otherwise? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'd forgot too that Ang Lee's Hulk movie came out like two years before The Incredible Hulk, so that was created a lot of audience confusion as well. Yeah, and you know, and that one is you know that one isn't really a part of. It's funny how that one isn't a part of the universe, but the second one is. But hey, listen, it, it's I, I get it. Mistakes were made, and I'm glad that you know. Um, they kind of dust themselves off and were able to kind of move forward. Um, you know, before, you know, we've been we've been going on about this for, for a little while now. And I definitely don't want to um, belabor the point. But I do want to get your opinions as to, um, well, not so much your opinions as to what comes next. But from a fan's perspective, what would you like to see next? I want to see Dr. Doom at some point. I want to see Dr. Doom done well. He's such mm-hmm. an interesting and complex character. He's played both sides so many times, and he's so intelligent, so powerful. It could be really interesting seeing Doctor Doom in the MCU. I agree. Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I I am actually rooting for um, a good Fantastic Four film, and you can't do that without Doctor Doom. You you cannot, and the. The Fantastic Four are interesting characters, and they they definitely deserve better than the treatment they've been given, especially that Fan4Stick movie a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I you know if you know, not saying that they're listening, but if they're listening, focus on on the family drama. You know that that's what really made the comic books so great. Like focusing on the family dynamics with with the um, the Fantastic Four made for such an amazing read, I think it would make for a, a I think that translates well um on onto the the movie theater screen. And I think it could be interesting seeing the the, the even the infighting that could happen amongst the teams. If you see the Fantastic Four, like for example, Reed Richards versus Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. both very mm-hmm. e- egotistical geniuses, that could be that could be very interesting on screen together. Yeah, I mean, you know, um I, I um I remember there was a there was there was a oh man I'm trying to remember who wrote it like my my memory shot um but there was a uh, an entire series of the Fantastic Four versus the quote unquote new Fantastic Four and the new Fantastic Four I believe was uh, it was Spider Man oh man you know what I'm gonna I'm actually going to look this up. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you're gonna. We're gonna edit out the the clickety clack in just a bit. Um, but I believe it was Spider Man, um, the Hulk, um, Ghost Rider, and someone else. I I wouldn't be surprised if it, it was Iceman. But it was it was nuts. Uh, oh, Wolverine. It was Wolverine. So if you can imagine, like, doing that kind of story arc, it's it's bonkers, and it would it would be a good way to kind of 
again, bridge uh, a lot of these properties from, uh, you know, from where they were in Fox and, uh, you know, some of the ones that are with Sony and just kind of like bringing them all together into like this whole cohesive uh, universe. And I want to be honest about something too, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I want to see the X-Men in in the MCU. I've actually enjoyed kind of the X-Men as their own thing. Because X-Men 1 and X-Men 2 were legitimately good. Then a couple years ago you had Logan, which I still stand by my statement that <laughs> it's the best standalone superhero movie we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I would I would still kind of love to see what they could what they could potentially do with the X-Men with some great writers because Dark Phoenix is not going to be it. I can, I can tell you that. But You know what it is? I, I think, um, I, let's just say I'm glad that, that Fox is no longer Fox and that it, it got swallowed up um, by Disney because I think this is the, the last we'll see of, of, um, the you know this this X Men, um, and you know like we we can I'm good if we don't we don't have Wolverine for a while, I'm good if we don't see uh, Jean Grey for a while. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they do something like um, I don't know I guess like the New Mutants things like that. Um, but I, I I think that'll that's going to be on the Disney um, um, Plus, right? I'm not sure. I'm not honestly not sure what's going on with that movie by this point. Yeah, it, it's it's so weird. Um, but I'm just I'm happy that that we, we're going to close that book. We're going to close that the the X Men book. Like I really enjoyed uh, Days of Future Past and First Class, but beyond those two movies, I don't think I I don't think I'm in a rush to see another X Men movie. I'm going to go see Dark Phoenix just because I watch every single superhero film. Mm-hmm. I even saw Fan Stick in theaters <laughs> for some damn reason. I, I don't entirely know why. You like pain. Uh, apparently. Apparently I'm a masochist. masochist. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, a- any anything we, we didn't touch on with, with Endgame? Was there anything you didn't like about Endgame other than the A Force, uh, the scene with the women? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, outside of that, I think I, overall I, I was okay with the pacing. Um, I, the one thing, and this has nothing to do with Endgame itself, but it, it kind of has to do with the hype machine behind it. Um, I remember. Um, People asking online, you know, when's a good time to go pee? And people are just like, oh, you're not going to be able to pee. Everything is so important. I, I disagree. There were plenty of places where you could have just taken a break. I will, I will agree with you on that one. I've even filtered a couple, a, a few of those from my friends who've, who've asked when, and I've gave them suggestions. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I think there was there was a lot that was packed into three hours, if you can believe that to say that a lot was packed into three hours. Um, but I, I think like, I think sometimes we need to also kind of calm down the hype. You know, I know we're, we're all very excited about it. I know we're all very, um, you know, we're, we're super happy that this thing was made. We're super happy that we got, 
we got to this end uh, of um, of this story arc. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by maybe overhyping certain things. Um, you know, um, again, one of the other things that I didn't particularly like um, that has very little to do with, with Endgame is a lot of the hate that people have kind of thrown on um, Brie Larson and uh, Captain Marvel character. Um, I think people who are sitting there saying, oh, well, you know, they're going to get rid of it. It's just like, they're really not. Like, not for anything. Um, you know, she's she, as Captain Marvel, has made Disney a ton of money. Um, no matter what you may think about uh, how she portrayed the character, what you thought about the writing, at the end of the day, it's just like, guess what? They're going to make two or three more uh, Captain Marvel films because they sell. The movie grossed over a billion dollars. If you think Brie Larson is going anywhere anytime soon, I have some very bad news for you. <laughs> and you know what? I, I got to say, um, from what little, like, I've seen bits and pieces of um, the Captain Marvel movie um, beyond trailers, and I'm, I don't get what the big deal is. I mean, if, I'll, if you're... I will, admit, hmm? I will admit it wasn't my favorite. I enjoyed Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, but the narrative structure of the movie, just the way the story was told, wasn't my favorite. I'm not going to tell you any more than that because you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I get that. I get when you... We, okay, if you say, okay, from a technical standpoint, the movie didn't really do, you know, do the job of telling this story well, that's one thing. But I think to just kind of... um you know, wholesale say, oh, well, I don't like her. Therefore, Disney's going to going to get rid of her. I think that's um, I, I think that's not really understanding basic economics, um, because when you're, you know, your star and essentially franchise character can bring down a billion dollars with a technically so so movie. Guess what? You're going to make more movies. And again, I'm not going to say it was technically bad. It just, the narrative structure wasn't my thing. It's something we see in other films sometimes. And it just wasn't my personal thing. I got you. I got you. Um, Yeah, so I mean, like, in in terms of that, um, like, I'm trying to think about anything bad with the movie. Um, It made me cry too many times. I, I, (laughs) I, I got nothing else, man. Well, that's that's completely fair. The only the only have one complaint about it, other than the Thor thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad Captain America got his happy ending. Mm-hmm. But my my only complaint is I wish there would have been a scene added where he, where he and Bucky really got to like say goodbye to each other, because from the from the first movie he's told Bucky he was with him to the end of the line, that he was yeah. never going to leave Bucky behind, and in this movie you see him go live a happy life and. Well, leave Bucky behind. <laughs> that yeah, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I mean, add a different scene where Bucky talks to him and says, "Do what you need to do." I'm happy. Thank you. I'm I'm glad we got my shit worked out. Basically, yeah. And and some, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not a movie writer, but <laughs> just just something like that. I would have liked to have more closure with the Bucky Steve relationship. You know, I, I think um, 
so it's funny now that now, now that you got my my memory jogged um i do got to say that that ending where you know uh cap goes back in time and you know ends up at, on the park bench i think you know that was more so and and i hate to say it, it it's more so for um setting up for the next arc but also to kind of like um the same people who are complaining that Captain Marvel and Brie Larson are a bad look for Marvel are the same people who are going to complain because uh, Falcon becomes Captain America. That's all that is. It's literally the, just just covering. When I say those inevitable racist comments, I'm I'm going to stop blocking people. If any of my friends, if I, any of my friends say anything about that, I, I'm not going to. This, this discourse with them, I'm just going to freaking block them. It just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I just want to put the public announcement out there. My block button works, and so do these hands. That's all we're going to talk about, like, when it comes to that. It's just like, if you tell me, hey, I don't like, um, I don't like Marvel. I'm a DC guy. I'm a Valiant guy. I prefer um, Spawn. Fine. Um, if you know, if you know, the next go round, they make a complete shit show of um, the movies. That would be fair. But to simply say, "Oh, you know, Captain America can't be black." You when have you ever seen a black Captain America? Bucky should have been the Captain America. It's like, like fuck off. I can. I will always. I enjoy talking to groups of people. We've been doing it for an hour now. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> but I hate bad faith movie criticism or people that have predestined that they're, they they're gonna hate something just because like before Captain Marvel was even released they got the movie had an army of internet trolls attacking it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's like I said, I I can't I can't give you a um, intelligent um, take on Captain Marvel other than I really like the comic book. And, you know, will it live up to the comic book? No. But at the same time, it's the same way that um, someone was telling me why uh, they didn't like the Avengers um, movies in specific, because it never really felt like the comic book in terms of, you know, like um, they wanted the Infinity Wars to be like the the Infinity War um, story arc in the comic books. And it's just like, no, you know. Adaptation should not be uh, one for one, um, you know, comic book panel screen, comic book panel screen. Like it worked for the Watchmen and, you know, be good with that because even with the Watchmen, they changed the ending, you know, and the whole point was that it was supposed to be just a never ending cycle. So, you know, it's just like, again, you know, let, let's let's not let, let's not get into the whole oh a comic book um a fictitious character can't be X, Y, or Z because I don't like it that way. But shifting gears a bit, I do hope the few, the Marvel movies we see next are are smaller stakes because by this point the entire universe has been threatened. We had Thanos literally threaten every every atom within the entire universe. Mm-hmm. So any other world ending threat doesn't feel 
real. It doesn't feel earned. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see like the Spider-Man movie and even the other films that they announced today. They didn't, which they didn't give titles for, just to be smaller story scales, like maybe even city level uh, villains, things like that. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I I'm gonna just take a wild guess here, and based on the Spider-Man trailer, I think going forward we're gonna see more um, character-driven um, stories. It's gonna be more about their their personal um, battles and their personal fights, and obviously, like you know, for the blockbuster effect, there is gonna be um, you know some grand scale mayhem, but it's gonna be more so driven by the individuals that um that that are the 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 titular characters and and i will be perfectly 100 percent okay with that it's just that storytelling concept when you consistently raise the stakes the stakes actually feel smaller because Mm -hmm. you know at this point they're not going to end the universe or end the world or what have you so but oh, yeah. if you if you have that small scale story, you really don't know what will happen. Absolutely. I I, I think um, you know, again, I I I think they're smart enough to know that after something like this, you need to kind of like really go um you know, you have to go super personal otherwise um you know, you lose the audience. You know, it's 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 like we knew that Thanos was going to be um, defeated at the end of Endgame, but you know everything was leading up to this. Um, go in order to move away from that, you're going to have to go back to basics and you know really have um, you know kind of like Iron Man was really fighting himself in in the first Iron Man movie. He was you know Iron Man was fighting Tony Stark. Like which of the two personalities is going to be the one that that prevails? Is it going to be the the corporate business guy, um, or the guy who wants to be a hero? Um, you know, I think we're going to see more of that, and um, I'm here for it, man. Like, you know, I I would love to. You know, one of the things that I feel like um, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's never did was you never really connected with Spider Man or Peter Parker, and in order for that to work very well, you you absolutely must. Um, you know, and also it was a different time. You know, like that for for its time, the the Peter Parker, uh, the Peter Parker, the Tobey Maguire um, Spider Man trilogy wasn't terrible. I still love Spider Man too. Like uh, I completely disagree with you on the the not connecting with Spider Man and Peter Parker because of Spider Man too. When in that movie, that's the you have the battle of Peter Parker versus Spider Man, and it was done so well. But to each their own. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think I, I just feel that that's kind of the only way to go forward. The only way to go forward is to just really just drill down and focus on on the individual characters and and how they relate to the world and a world where everything they've known up to now is no longer valid. But that's that's about it for me, actually. I've think i've said about all i have to say about this movie <laughs> yeah no i I'm, I'm with you man um paul thank you again for um taking the time and and just kind of hanging out with me and, and ranting about um this amazing movie 
that we've all invested the last 10 years of our lives in. I am glad I got to experience this because this is one of those movies that will, or one of those franchises that will stand the test of time just because of what they were able to accomplish. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think th- this is, you know, Endgame was literally a victory lap. You know, like I think, I, I think before Infinity War, um, they pretty much like, they, they, they cemented their their place in history, but between Infinity War and um, Endgame, you know, Endgame is literally just a victory lap. It's just Marvel showing off, you know, just showing what they they could do. Just you know, um, just letting everyone know, like, hey, we we pulled it off, and you know, I I, I will caution any other um, you know studio or franchise, you know. Don't try it. Like, it's one of those things where it's just like, unless you're willing to really commit to it, you, you, you're best to leave it alone. That, that's good advice. I hope they'll listen to us. Uh, you, you know, there's going to be another, um, uh, um, one of those, uh, uh, Suicide Squad movies, right? I did. And James Gunn, is, <laughs> I, James Gunn is writing it. So, so maybe, we're gonna see what happens there. Yeah, the first one was a was a hot mess. I, I don't see the second one being any better. I'm still gonna be there watching it on opening weekend. So, ah, uh, well, there you go. I'm, I'm part of the problem. Yeah, they see if, if it if it makes another um, billion dollars, you know, we're never gonna get away from the dark and brooding uh, Warner Brothers DC universe. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for um, tuning in this week. Um, I know this is a long, longer episode, but we had a blast putting it together. We loved um, uh, Avengers Endgame, but more specifically, I think we love spending time in this universe that um, Marvel and and Marvel Studios uh, put together. Um, I had a blast. I'm looking forward to what comes next. Um, More than likely... You want to do this again for for Spider Man? I would actually love to. I would, yeah. I I love I love talking movies with you. This was fun. All right, man. So there you go. Um, if nothing between now and July eighth, uh, we'll, that'll be the next big movie uh, episode. Um, so check uh, check back in for that. Uh, just a quick uh, announcement. Uh, our Patreon page is now live, so check us out, patreon.com slash thenoisecast. Um, you know, drop a little change in, in, the, uh, in the offering jar because that's how we're able to bring this show to you. And also, this is how we're going to grow the show beyond uh, what you've come to express so far. Um, hopefully, in the, next, um, in the next few months, We'll be expanding coverage on the site, um, hoping to bring on some uh, additional writers, uh, and also looking to uh, cover more events. So hopefully, Paul, you know, maybe we could send you to uh, to Dragon Con or something, and you know, not worry about how um, you know how transportation and tickets get paid for, right? Yeah. Um, so again, check us out uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheNoiseCast. Also, be sure to check us out. On social media, we're at Noisecast on Facebook, 
and Twitter. You can catch us at the Noisecast on Instagram. And Paul, where can they find you? And I'm I'm just at Combs Paul on Twitter. So check check follow me for all your movie opinions. There you go. Uh, you can follow me at Al Wright A L underscore W R I T E on Twitter. Um, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Peace.